I just want to take a quick moment to thank some of our patrons. Nerdholistic, Alexander Mercury, and Cyber Lady Z. Thank you so much for your contributions. If you want to help us out financially, we would really appreciate it. You can find us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash artdeckaspects. Thank you very much. I'll let you get to the show. <laughs> You're about to witness a music podcast most foul. What you're about to hear is likely not safe for work, but if you're unperturbed by coarse language and sensitive content, you'll find yourself wrapped up in a world of music and mystery, the likes of which you've never heard before. Why don't you walk through the door and play our devious little game? Artificial Ghost Radio. This is... Fuck, what does Miles do? He does it every single goddamn episode, and I can never... My brain just shuts off for that part. This isn't exclusive to this show. This is just how all of my shows go. Uh, give me a second. A musical tour through the minds of our contestants. <laughs> oh, goodness. I got there eventually. Hi. Uh, so... You might have heard on uh, Twitter from either Miles or the Art Ghost Twitter uh, that Miles's computer is uh, currently uh, b- busted, broken, co- just gone. It went uh, uh, full broke one day. Uh, and uh, its laptop has been uh, sort of fucking up for a while uh, and uh, is now just, you know, went went full tilt. And... Uh, Miles did, uh, uh, don't worry too much, uh, uh, Miles did a GoFundMe campaign and then totally blew it out of the water and is now, uh, fully able to get a new laptop. But for now, uh, while he is away, I, uh, want to go ahead and just release an episode anyway and do something that we haven't done in a long time, maybe even over a year, I don't know. Uh, we're doing a solo episode. Just me. Just me in the booth. No one else. Uh, kind of, kind of fun. Kind of fun. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, I wanted to take this opportunity to do something that, uh, we haven't done, notably. Uh, I, no one specifically asked about it, I don't think. But, uh, certainly we talked about doing an episode on the newest Brockhampton album, uh, although by now the album is, uh, came out in April, so it is several months old now. <laughs> wow, I did not realize that it was, uh, that it was that many months, uh, uh past now, but at any rate, 
so I wanted to uh, take this opportunity to uh, talk about the album. Finally, uh, the the reason why we haven't, the, why we sort of decided to not do an episode, uh, for one. Uh, I don't think that Miles was as hot on the album as I am, personally, uh, and that's totally fine. And also, uh, Miles uh, has expressed uh, several times on and off the air how much he does not like doing album episodes. So, that, uh, I'm, we're not doing them anymore. Uh, we have not, I don't, I don't remember if we officially announced that, but we are no longer doing, uh, full album episodes because it really stresses him out. Uh, so since I am alone on this episode, uh, and I do not mind doing album episodes, uh, I figured that this would be a great opportunity to just run through it. Uh, I, the last time I did an album episode all by my lonesome, I sort of like listened through the album like, uh, like a, like one of those like YouTube uh, album reaction videos, but in audio format. Uh, I am not doing that this time. I'm going to be playing it a little bit straight, which is obviously unusual for me. Haha, <laughs> I'm gay. Point is, uh, I want to just pick out a couple of songs, uh, talk about them, talk about the overall vibe and themes of the album to my perception. I think... I want to start by saying that, uh, a sort of like, well, first off, actually, hold on, before I even get to beginning to talk about my thoughts on the album, I fucking looked it up, and uh, apparently, and I did not know this, because I'm not plugged in to uh, a lot of stuff going on on the internet anymore, but... Evidently, uh, this was said uh, near the end of last month, that uh, Brockhampton will be releasing uh, their final, potentially final album uh, by the end of this year, uh, which is interesting. And you know what? Not surprising. Brockhampton was totally trying to do the Wu-Tang Clan thing. Uh, and like, I think that they did succeed in a way. I. I, from what I understand, Kevin Abstract might not be as happy with sort of turnout on Brockhampton, but at the very least, in terms of like albums, in terms of the music that is released, like, uh, I think, you know, it's been, uh, totally successful. Um, and it, it doesn't surprise me at all that like they are much like Wu Tang Clan did, released a couple of like albums starting off their, their career together as a group. And then separating and going off to do other projects and then occasionally coming together to do another Wu-Tang album. Um, so maybe Brockhampton will end up doing a similar thing. Maybe, maybe not. Honestly, like, even if they don't, you know, we'll, we will still have these albums. So it is not very surprising and I think is probably a, a good direction because frankly, like, I think at this point there are like, I don't know. There's still over a dozen members of Brockhampton. How long can you hold that together? Uh, so, uh, 13 members, I think, according to, according to this. Uh, I don't know. I think it used to be over 20. Shit's changed. Point is, uh, it, it, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm in support of this. Uh, I don't know personally. I guess we'll have to see. I don't know how much I'm going to be actively following the movements of the individual members 
uh, of Brockhampton after this. Uh, but frankly, like them being so closely tied together, I think is actually harmful for their individual, uh, uh, music careers, individual artistic progression. Um, even if these albums are really good. So yeah, that's, that's just something that is interesting. So we've got one more confirmed Brockhampton album and then maybe not a lot, anything for a while or maybe ever again. So that is, that is very interesting to keep in mind. Uh, as for this album, Roadrunner, New Light, New Machine, uh, I think that a sort of struggle that we have had talking about these albums in the past, uh, uh about Brockhampton albums is that it's kind of hard to find a consistent or singular narrative thread between these, uh, the, between the songs on these separate albums, um, or trying to like connect them to each other. I mean, Brockhampton is a boy band. Part of that is that sort of like story of them as a band. Uh, and like, I think that sort of muddies the waters on like, actually trying to like investigate and talk about the actual art right um and i think that's something that like we have fallen into in the past and i think that i say this something like this every time that we do a brockhampton episode that i'm like ah damn last time we talked about brockhampton i don't think we did a good job actually i do think we did a good job on ginger but that was a while ago i haven't listened to it uh but anyway um so at any rate like there is like this struggle with trying to find this narrative thread because to be honest, right? Like obviously it's a 13 part collective with what seven, I think, uh, uh, at this point, like performing members, uh, and like they each have their own perspectives. They each have their own like stories that they're telling on the album. Uh, and so like really like, if you're trying to find a singular thread, I don't know that you're going to be able to, right? Uh, and I think that's something that we've kind of struggled with. Uh, so I kind of want to just pull at some threads that I think are interesting that I think I can talk about with this album. Uh, if you have not listened to it, I do encourage you to do so. I will go ahead and say, uh, the, uh, themes on this album are uh, dark as hell, to be honest. Uh, some, some real heavy shit. Some shit that has made me, like, cry on, like, uh, even my most recent listen through. And I've listened to this album a, a very, like, significant chunk. Uh, so, like, I'll just go ahead and lay it out here. Uh, like, uh, a lot of themes of the pandemic, a lot of themes of isolation, a lot of themes of, um, exploitation and capitalistic, like, greed and oppression and the effects of colonialism and capitalism. Uh, and also in particular, uh, themes of suicide, uh, talking explicitly about it. Uh, and I'm not going to be pulling that particular thread, uh, too much in this episode, if at all. Uh, because frankly, Joba's parts talking about that in the light and the light part two, on this album are a little, a little too personal for me to dive into really with any sense of like 
ethics, right? Like, I have to draw a line somewhere about, like, sure, these this stuff is being talked about in a public space, right? But also, like, in terms of what anybody else can say about it, other than what Joba said in the songs, uh, I, I have to kind of draw a line here of, like, it's not fair for me to try and talk about and extrapolate upon something that is so personal. Um, so... I, I, I'm not, I'm just not, I'm not going to. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I gotta say, I do think that this album is my new favorite of the Brockhampton albums, which like is pretty impressive, frankly, that like almost without exception, every new album that has come out has become my new favorite. Uh, so like, here's hoping that, uh, that the, that the that the next album sort of you know fulfills that expectation. Although I try not to have any expectations with Brockhampton albums, they're always all so different. Uh, apparently, and I'm just reading this right now on Genius Lyrics of about this album that it is apparently, and I didn't I didn't know that this was considered part of a trilogy, but. Road, it says here, Roadrunner New Light New Machine is part two of the Best Years of Our Lives trilogy, which I remember in one of the songs on Ginger, they say, oh, this is the best years of our lives. But I, I didn't know that this was supposed to be a trilogy. Um, but okay, sure. At any rate, so let's get into it. Let's get into it. Honestly, um, so, this album, I suppose, I, d- I did, I did pick which songs I wanted to talk about, and I am having this moment of just deciding w- if I want to change my mind. And, you know what? I think I will, actually. I'm going to change it last minute. I'm changing it last minute. Uh, I, I want to talk about Count On Me. I want to, I want to talk about the Brockhampton song. Count on me. Uh, fuck it. All right, sure. Why not? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I will have more to say uh, once we, uh, once I get through it. Miles, Miles isn't here. I, ca- I can't say we. Uh, uh, <laughs> once I get through it, and uh, yeah, let's uh, let's give the song a little listen, huh? But I will respond to me. Hi. Um, so this song is the third song on the album. And you know what? Like, I gotta be real, right? Like, this song uh did not uh hit me super duper hard on my first listen. Like, it was good, but it like there were other songs that were like more attention grabbing. I mean, the next song is Bankroll, which um is definitely a very attention-grabbing song, and also like for those who've been following Brockhampton for a while, like, Bankroll has been teased around and edited and and fixed up and tweaked with since the uh, uh, literal, like, 
I don't know, since Saturation 2, maybe? Maybe not that early, but it's, it's been around for a while. And, uh, certainly we've, we've been, you know, hearing clips of it for a while. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's definitely like a fun song, but I feel like I, I honestly have more to say about Can On Me. Uh, and, uh, also just like the fucking wild ass video that they made for this song not a not a music video for the song it cannot be called that the video title says Brockhampton presents count on me which is little nas x and dominic fike i believe uh driving out to a cabin in the woods and then and and then some stuff happens with their bodies uh and uh, the sort of vibe of the, the vibe of the video is that they made a video to either announce or imply that Little Nas X and Dominic Fike were fucking, which like, good for them. Why, uh, kind of wild that they would make a whole video just about that, but it's a very fun watch. It's just very weird because it like uses a lot of those like 3D graphics the weird proportions and uh, sort of almost gross-out visual style uh, that uh, Brockhampton used in the video for Buzzcut, except that it's even more. It's just way more. It's such an interesting video and such an interesting thing for them to release. Um, But as far as the song actually goes, uh, the sort of like... Honestly, the sort of vibe of this song and, and something that I feel like is, is pretty consistent with the, uh, rest of the album is that, you know, these boys are kind of fucked up. They're, they're kind of fucked up. I don't know. Like, they've clearly, like, been through a lot and also they fuck up a lot. Like, truly, like, these, these boys are far from perfect as human beings. Uh, and there is a sort of, like, openness and acknowledgement w- about that, about, like, a little bit of, like, a little bit of this, like, self-hatred and self-cynicism, uh, and, but also, like, realism and unity of, like, like, trying to differentiate between, like, what is people just, like, saying shit, like, online and starting discourse and what is, like, actual flaws that they have. And to be honest, I think that the spotlight of Brockhampton on them sort of definitely muddies the waters. Obviously, I don't know what they're actually like or what they're actually going through. I Here's my, here's my genuine, I'm just going to say this right now, my opinion on, um, I'll go ahead and say celebrities in general is that they're all pretty fucked up and you almost certainly would not want to have a long-term conversation with them. Uh, like, you probably don't want to be friends with the, uh, with, I would say, 100% of the musical artists and celebrities that you pay attention to. And, like, truthfully, like, I, I think that is something that, like, I mean... Again, a hundred percent. It of course applies to the members of Brockhampton. Uh, and there is a sort of like, I mean, you know, Matt Champion talks about it pretty plainly of the like, uh, 
treat life like I might die, don't like myself sometimes, but I bet that come with time. Ever feel like your head got screws a little bit loose? Goddamn, give a fuck if I lose. I, I, I want to go ahead and say that as a sort of like growing, um, prominent theme of this album is nihilism. I, I think that is like a, uh, there is this like attitude that is pervasive on this album of like, we're fucked, shit's fucked, the world's fucked. We are just going to do whatever it takes to make it to the next day. And like, I have talked openly in the past of, of like, a, like, I, I cannot blame or judge anyone for being nihilistic. I just, you know, don't personally agree with it. But also, like, you know, not that I haven't consistently gone through shit in my life, a lot of it, but, like, also, you know, uh, worth acknowledging that my perspective and my, like, optimism, you know, like, is partially born from my environment and the people that I've surrounded myself with, right? So, like, no no one truly can be, like, judged for being nihilistic. Uh, and I think that there, that is, like, a very, like... Yeah, it's, a, it's a, just a very prevalent theme on this album. It's a very, like, this vibe of, you know, just fuck it. Just absolutely fuck it. Like, we are here for each other. That's all there is. Uh, and... I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's kind of like listening to this album. It's hard to dis, or rather, it's, it's hard to agree with the perspectives that they are sharing a hundred percent of the time. But also, at least from my personal perspective, um, and obviously there's a lot of stuff in there that I just like have no perspective on, right? Uh, because like haven't experienced it. But, like, in terms of, like, that nihilistic vibe, like, there is this, um, thing of, like, it's, it's hard to agree with it, but it's also hard to argue with it, right? Because this is an album that was born, like, right in the middle of the goddamn pandemic, which obviously is still going on, uh, and, like, I don't know the story of how this album was created, but you can certainly imagine that a band that has historically just lived in one house, although I doubt they still are doing that, uh, that being forced to separate and isolate would definitely give a very different perspective. Uh, and then there's also the aspect of like, you know, these boys aren't just people, right? I mean, like, they obviously are. They're real people who exist in the world, but, like, they kind of also don't get to be, right? Uh, and that's kind of something I'll talk about a little bit more later, but the idea of, like, fame and not only fame, but, like, forcing yourself into the, like, optimized position to try and, uh, take you and your friends out of individual shitty situations and trying to force something good, but also having to do that under capitalism and having to do that where you have to be putting yourself and all of your thoughts and like all of these feelings and these pizzas of yourself out for public display. And like, that's obviously got its own emotional challenges, right? So, 
again, like it's it's hard for me to like have a complete perspective on this album, but like that is a very consistent theme that I get personally. Um, yeah, yeah, but let's let's continue on. Let's continue on. I I have two more songs that I want to talk about. I'm not going to be spinning the wheel today because. Honestly, it feels kind of weird to do that without Miles being here. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, so uh, next up, I want to talk about Windows. It is the, uh, I, I believe it is the longest song on the album. Oh, yeah, by far. It is six minutes and 11 seconds, uh, where most of the other songs uh, hit around three minutes. and. Uh, this song is definitely, like, it's really interesting because it, every member of the band gets a full verse, uh, and in, including, like, a couple of, uh, uh, features, uh, namely Ryan Beatty, who has been, uh, consistently, uh, on, uh, Brockhampton songs since Ginger, I believe, uh, and... Uh, so gone, so flexy. Who uh sometimes gets a feature credit on these songs and sometimes doesn't, but is on a lot of these songs. So yeah, let's uh let's go ahead and listen to Windows. Let's give it a vibe. Uh, it is definitely going to be hard to pick a vertical slice of this song considering that it is so long. But uh, I'll I'll do my best. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, let's give uh, Windows a little listen, shall we? My pen could be a fortune teller or an ATM. It's got intentions of its own, I can't even pretend. Every moment is a fight, nobody can defend. The circumstances should have never been in to begin. I watch the clock smell as the devil dances. The chances I slim to none that you could understand this. Lost language when you're canting. Pain camping amongst the stillborn raindrops. So, first off, I just want to say this song and frankly this album, just like in terms of production, in terms of just like the the feel and the sound it just sounds fantastic like it just it feels it, as as long as you're not listening too close to the lyrics uh uh in terms of just like the raw sound of it it sounds just very good uh and then you dig into the lyrics and it's just like oh shit uh which frankly i i think is kind of the the best kind of song uh a little bit um but that said Something that carries through in the production of this album and very much in the lyrics is exhaustion. These songs, while they sound very good, sound exhausted. And this songs, I feel like, encapsulates that really hard. So, okay. There has been, uh, this sort of image and, uh, uh, I have definitely fallen into this trap. There's been this image of Brockhampton, uh, in the past of being this, like, uh, like this wholesome group of boys, you know, like, uh, oh, such, such sweet lads. But I mean, the reality of it is these are 
some incredibly exhausted, incredibly traumatized, although we don't get to be privy as to what, an emphasis on don't get to be, that is their private information. They're also very obviously, and they say it outwardly, depressed. And there's a lot of shit that sort of, like, whatever they got going on personally in their lives, kind of irrelevant to this discussion, right? But the band has had this sort of, and it's been growing recently, the sort of antagonistic energy towards their audience of, like, lyrics and interactions at shows and interactions online of sort of resenting this like image of them resenting that the fact resenting the fact that they have to have an image right and also that like like that they had to both create it and subvert it i mean they created this band as a way to a launch their careers but simply also to just get out of really shitty situations again that we don't get to be privy to and now they are you know what 3 years deep into that and have released i think what 6 albums and and they are clearly exhausted with all of that and with also like not forgetting the fact that we are in the context of the real world as we exist in it today, right? The pandemic, the continued just fucking white supremacist, colonialist government uh, that we uh, have in the U.S. and that unfortunately uh, uh, perpetrates throughout the world because of uh, America and England's influence, uh, especially. And I, I have my own, you know, personal objections to this perspective, but this idea, this perspective that, again, I don't feel like you can be judged for of feeling like shit isn't going to change, feeling like shit isn't going to get better, and that you still have to keep making your music, that you still have to keep uh, pumping out albums in order to stay relevant, in order to stay in your little bubble of safety that you have created to try and escape from capitalism and then become a part of it. And that is like, that is a incredibly exhausting thing in a way that like, I can't fully understand, although I can sympathize with and know to some extent um, through my own being a personality online you know, I can I can know a percentage of that, a small percentage. And there is there is this again, nihilism and depression and exhaustion that just run through this album. Uh and I mean you've got Don McLennan's whole verse. Tank has been running on uh Tank has been on E, but I gotta keep running. What you finna lean on when our system is crumbling? Joba saying, capitalist Greek play, plague all society like COVID-19. Extremely on the nose. Uh, government officials don't give a fuck about the children. What do you believe? Like, 
like there is this like yeah there is this feeling that shit is never going to change and i don't agree with that but also i have to understand it i have to understand that perspective uh and like they as a band have not stopped working since saturation i mean sure they've taken minor breaks they have uh slowed down their album production from the three albums in one season but you know continue touring streaming when they can't do that always making music always pushing and trying to like fight their way into a into again that bubble of safety it's clearly a lot it's clearly weighing on them and frankly uh, uh, that alongside everything i talked about at the start it is truly no surprise why they are doing one more album and then bouncing frankly frankly they i i would go and say that they don't even need to do that but hey they're never going to hear this so and also are not going to care about my perspective even if they do so whatever point is we on a very real level can't know what is going on with Brockhampton as as far as like them as human beings on this earth we can only get these slices we can only interpret we can only uh uh get the polished fractions that they want to show and to have even those polished fractions be cracking at the seams i mean Look, there is the the interlude and the outro that sort of summarizes the worldview, right? Fuck the world and all that inhabit it. Sometimes it's like, fuck the world and all that inhabit it. And I, I obviously don't agree with that. But like I said, I the perspective that they have, like, I have to at least understand why they feel that way. Um, so yeah, uh, I guess, I guess with that, what a vibe. Like, look, this album again, I, I said it at the start, this album is fucking heavy, like really heavy. Uh, and like, you can try and get around that. You can try and try and fit it into this image that Brockhampton has had in the past of, wholesomeness and family and togetherness but partially good luck and partially that was a created aesthetic in order to try and escape capitalism and then they can't so yeah hmm huh oof right um yeah so I want to get to the final song that I want to talk about, uh, in this episode and, uh, one that is my favorite on the album, I think, but it definitely doesn't get less heavy. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. Uh, there are a couple of songs that aren't as heavy. Uh, I'll take you on in old news. Uh, I think especially what's the occasion is a little less. And when I ball, especially is like definitely the most like optimistic, I guess you could call it song on the album. Uh, but I, uh, I am a girl who likes dwelling in the darkness and 
if you think that that is uh, uh, weird or a bad idea, well, I have a therapist for a reason. <laughs> oh my goodness. So the last song that I want to talk about is Don't Shoot Up the Party. It is the 11th song on the album. Uh, it is uh, the uh, third to last song, uh, sort of thematically closing out the album uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, the Light Part 2, obviously, is the like actual finale and also um, uh, very much closes off the album in a in a more like firm and personal way and like i said those songs are definitely worth listening to the light and the light part two uh but i'm not personally going to get into it right now um but uh also there's the there's the songs that's on the deluxe edition like uh there's the there's the what the digital release uh that has some of the bonus songs and then there's the physical release that has all of them. I have the physical CD that I have not opened of this album, but I did listen to uh, the songs that were available on the digital deluxe album. Oh, it has everything but the Roberto interlude. Anyway, um, I gotta say, I listened to those bonus songs and I did not like them very much. I gotta be real. I, I only listened to them once, but I sort of viscerally bounced off of them. I'm just going to say that right now. Uh, I, so I, I can't, I don't really have a, a strong knowledge or opinion about those songs because I did not interpret them. I just heard them and were li was like, ah, this kind of blows. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, let's, let's go ahead and listen to, uh, don't shoot up the party. Uh, and uh, let's uh, let's close this out, all right? Let's give it a little listen. Stay down, I'm sorry. Stay down, you're ugly. Oh, 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 the people need more than money. These white people don't love me. Oh, 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 stay down, I'm sorry. Stay down, I'm hungry. Oh, 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 I don't need you to love me. Fuck you, come fuck me. So, okay, so this song is, um, uh, I, I think fits in very well with that, like, antagonistic vibe that Brockhampton sort of has towards its audience. This, this song definitely really is very directly directed that way. And directly directed. Wow. Um, this, this is, uh, okay. Hmm. I picked this song... And I, and I have things to think about, uh, to, to, to talk about it, but trying to string them together is a little difficult. So, okay. This song talks, uh, a lot about the way that, uh, Brockhampton is a band, but also just sort of more generally speaking, uh, the way that, uh, black music and black art, the way that it is a, uh, co-opted and misunderstood and the way that, uh, white people will, uh, puppet what, uh, black people are saying in music, uh, and just sort of parrot what is being said without thinking about it, without considering that it would be directed at them. And this song 
really, really addresses that in a very direct way. I mean, the chorus is, don't shoot up the party. Who, who do you think that is directed to? Like, like there is this existential fear that I, for obvious reasons, being that I am not a black person, I cannot fully understand this existential fear. But again, I can certainly empathize with it. This feeling of, of, uh, black culture, black music, uh, being co-opted that, uh, Things that were done for the purposes of uh, self-expression within Black communities has been consistently co-opted by white people, uh, that it sort of loses all meaning. And, like, rap music and the, and the production style, like, is very firmly pioneered by Black musicians. And then the primary audience tends to be white kids who will just sing or rap along to their favorite songs without, without thinking about it or without even knowing what they're saying truly. We'll just sing the chorus and, you know, because it has a nice beat to it. And the song does have a nice beat to it, but undeniably, you have to, you have to consider the chorus. You have to consider all of it. I mean, you always do, really. And this music being such a prevalent part of uh, American white culture and black art being consumed by white people does not lower the risk of racial violence. It doesn't lower the risk of people getting hurt or exploited. And that ultimately, consumerism can't solve those problems. And yeah, it's, it's a lot, for sure. There is the bridge that I really want to highlight. That is, the, it's Kevin Abstract and Joba. Stay down, I'm sorry. Stay down, you're ugly. The people need more of the money. These white people don't love me. Stay down, I'm sorry. Stay down, I'm hungry. I don't need you to love me. Fuck you, come fuck me. This bridge, I mean, it's just saying in explicit text. Brockhampton as a band gets consumed and munched down on just their art being eaten, their feelings being exposed without being, just having things taken and taken and taken. And at the end of the day, knowing that their art will be consumed, but they as people will not truly be cared for by their audience. And also that, that the system that they exist in, that we all exist in, that one-sided parasocial relationship is unhealthy from the get-go. And this isn't how it should be working. I don't need you to love me. Fuck you, come fuck me. Like, I don't need your appeals. I don't need your... I don't need your love. Consume my art. Give me the money so I can make it through to the next day. 
but fuck you for making me live this reality. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot, for sure. And, like, this album as a whole, like, sure. <laughs> Does it, has it make me, frankly, a little uncomfortable? Maybe even a lot uncomfortable at times? Yeah, it does, for sure. That is the intended effect, though. And it's good that I am un made uncomfortable by it. Because being uncomfortable should expose... Be being made uncomfortable by these sorts of perspectives, by these truths, by having a, a more empathetic understanding of people and the ways that they are exploited opens you up to explore and understand where you fit in that system of exploitation and what you can do to get onto your path of discovery for what we do to dismantle it. And I don't think that Brockhampton is very hopeful that that dismantling will happen. I am, but again, can't argue with their perspective. So yeah, that's, that's that. That's that on that. I didn't, I didn't have any notes when I came into this, into this album, into this episode. I, I had listened to this album a lot, but, but I didn't, I didn't know where I was going to go necessarily and what I was going to say. I'm the sort of person where, uh, I, I do it best when it's stream of consciousness, in my opinion. It's hard to prepare for things. And I didn't know where this would go. And it went in a definitely very dark, very bleak, almost, direction. And, you know, I just want to go ahead and say that, like, you know, I do believe very firmly that change is happening. That capitalism is certainly not going to last forever. I don't even think it's going to last I mean, I don't, I don't want to put a prediction out there in case I'm totally going to fucking show my whole ass in a couple of years. But at the very least, I'm very optimistic that it will end and it will end soon. But we got to be aware as music fans about how we are consuming art, what it means that we, you know, have a fucking bajillion albums releasing every year. What it means to listen to things idly. And I don't know. There is a, a very real conversation to be had about that. That has ha been happening and will continue to be happening. But we as consumers of art are not just incidental, right? And we need to be aware of that. And yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for listening to Artificial Ghost Radio. Uh, we will, uh, see you, uh, next, uh, in the next two weeks, uh, for our next episode. Uh, I will, with the theme that I said in the last episode, which is songs that are probably a trap. So watch out for that. Uh, assuming Miles gets his laptop in time, which I believe he will. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening to Artificial Ghost Radio, uh, and I'll see you when I see you, all right? <laughs>